Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. It's all you play. Let's get it going. How y'all doing? Welcome to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with us. We stream live on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, go out to the website, joinatradio.com, and download the app, and that way you can carry us everywhere you go. And if you miss any part of the show, don't forget about the podcast. Go out and subscribe and review what we have to say. Looking forward to all of the people that pick up the show periodically and uh, keep spreading the word about Black Focus Radio because we're just trying to provide some information for you, for our people. Robert Webb is in the house with us on a Friday afternoon. Hey, Robert, how you doing, man? I'm hanging in, baby, hanging in. You That was a pregnant pause there for a moment it's you you had to think about how you were doing it's a good day man it's a good day must go hit hit the links no 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 hang out hang out with the governor just gonna enjoy some nice weather and take it easy you call this nice weather yeah all righty then um I'll, i'll be enjoying the nice weather inside bro it's too hot Sorry, Mm-mm. ain't gonna do it. Can't do it. Don't want to do it. Yeah, it's just, beautiful just, weather outside, man. Just ain't gonna happen. It's beautiful mm-hmm. weather outside. No. Why not? I, I don't call that heat beautiful weather. But that's just me, though. That weather's you amazing. Uh, it is amazing. Okay, I mean to to each his own. Uh, I understand all of that, but uh, I I can't deal with that. But. Uh, hopefully real soon the fishing will come back and uh, we'll be able to get back out on the get back out on the water a little bit and catch some crappie but right now mm-mm, I'm staying in the house and that's about it okay uh, coming up today we got an interesting show coming up later on in the show uh, we've invited uh, uh, Essie Ward who has spent a lot of time in New York and around the country helping people, young people, and I say people, notice I didn't say young women, uh, men and women, boys, girls, children, you know, older adults, get into the modeling, advertising, and acting business, okay? So since it's light and frothy Friday, I thought this would be a good guest to have on the show to give you some pointers on whether or not you've got the it factor and whether there is such a thing as the it factor. And if you don't have the it factor, can you get it? Can you, like, go out and buy it? Can you grow it? You know, uh, how do you get the it factor? And what, are the, uh, what do you have to do to get into that business? Okay? Uh, I've recommended a couple of people uh, in that business. Uh, just like any business, it's, 
it's a lot of hard work. It's not easy the way some people may think it is, but we'll talk to her coming up. I'd be ought to be a, a fun show since it is light and frothy Friday. Although I will promise you, probably this first hour is not going to be too light and frothy. Oh, God, Dave, don't. Uh, it's, we just – man, you, you got to cover this stuff. It's No, you don't. It, yeah, no, you don't. Yeah, it's you Friday. Do. Man, you can find something else. No, this is a news show, man. You got to <sighs> You got to cover some of this stuff. Okay. What I'm are you just, covering nowadays? Uh, the latest on Tom Cotton, we've definitely got to talk about that. And this is something different from the other day, uh, by the way. Uh, and also today, a lot of people don't realize that this could be a detrimental and devastating weekend for millions of Americans across the country as it relates to rent, utilities, and unemployment. Because the Republicans have decided that y'all don't need no more money. We're going to go home. So those of you who may have had rent subsidies or may have had uh, uh, rent, uh, you, know, you know, delayed, that disappears this weekend. And they're predicting that it could be a disaster come next week as many people are being evicted from their uh, homes and apartments. So that's something that uh, uh, we'll talk about a little bit in this first hour. And also, um, you know, it's weird that Donald Trump them have all of a sudden canceled the Republican convention. But, and he said yesterday in his press conference that he's trying to save lives. Uh, he just doesn't think it's a good idea. But he also wants you to send your kids to school. Hmm. Does that make sense to you? And by the way, one other thing, the pediatric doctors here in Arkansas, they don't agree with Asa Hutchison in sending your kids back to school. Now, who, do, who will you believe? That's the question. Okay. So those and a lot of other stuff, I'm sure Robert has, will throw in his two cents as well to talk. I um, will not. One cent? It's light and frothy. That's not light and frothy. Well, that's why I said your two cent. Your two cent could be. My two cent is it's not light and frothy. Would okay. you like me to say that after every comment you make? Okay. Not light and frothy. Please continue. <laughs> Moving uh, right along. That was probably one of the most clever lines you've had since you've been on the show, Robert. Oh, <laughs> he got his dagger out today. Okay, <laughs> okay. But uh, but there are other. You can throw in two cents of light and frothy. I mean, what's wrong with that? You know what I'm saying? All right, so. Let's go ahead and do black facts. Go ahead and uh, and then we'll we'll come back and talk about some things and maybe Robert will have some light and frothy things to discuss. I doubt it very seriously. Gee, you're just a wet blanket today. But I'm not full of smallpox. Dynamic black Ooh. facts: our culture, our history, our people. Well, yesterday we talked about um, the Trail of Tears. 
and how there were at least six tribes, Seminole, I'm trying to remember them, the Seminole, the Cherokee, the Chickasaw, the Choctaw, there were two others I can't remember, all owned slaves. And, you know, we hear about the Trail of Tears, and certainly it was tragic. But there were quite a few people who I talked to yesterday who uh, seemed to have a different perspective now. And that's what history will do for you. Now, I, I, I've been knowing about that for decades. You, you look at some of the Cherokee Indians, it's pretty clear uh, that, man, them folks look black. Have you seen some of the old pictures of Cherokee Indians? I haven't. Man, they look like, they straight up brothers. Okay. You know. We and, are one. And I've seen descendants of Cherokees, and, and they straight up, they straight up brothers, particularly in Oklahoma. You know, one thing that we didn't talk about, you know, uh, there was a Supreme Court ruling about uh, two or three weeks ago that basically ceded eastern Oklahoma to the, to the, the Native Americans. Did you see that ruling? I did. It's, it's interesting that half of Oklahoma now, based on old treaties, yeah. you didn't see this? Uh-uh. Basically half of Oklahoma now, based on old treaties, are now the property of American Indians. Really? Yeah, I, I'll pull that up. Uh, it's, it's something that went under the radar uh, but it's interesting. But anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, today, I want to talk a little bit about, and this is an article in the New York Times, and it's a pretty extensive article, but I won't, I'll only read a couple of graphs from it. And it says this, and it's nothing new than what we, and it, it, I kind of harken back to the lady yesterday uh, from Mississippi. Remember the the town hall meeting where the lady and you've heard many of these other people who are racists claim that, well, they were those the slaves were fed and they were clothed, so that was they were happy. Yeah, okay. So this is a New York Times article, and uh, the title of the article is "DNA Study Traces Violent History of American Slavery." Okay, now. Those of us who've studied history, we say, well, what is new? But there are a lot of people out there who still believe that there was some type of romanticism when it came to slavery. And then you throw in what Tom Cotton attempted to do yesterday or this week in passing a bill to basically hide the truth about slavery. This story kind of adds to that. More than one half a centuries after the transatlantic slave trade ended, a new study shows how the brutal treatment of enslaved people was shaped, has shaped the DNA of their descendants. See, this is key. Okay. Okay, give it to me. Because we ask the question, why is it that black people are so... Um, What's the, uh, the, the word I'm looking for? Who are willing to capitulate to white demand so easily? Could it have something to do with over time 
it begins to imprint on your DNA. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, The report, which included more than 50,000 people, 30,000 of them with African-American, African ancestry, agrees with the historical record about where people were taken from in Africa and where they were enslaved in Americas, but it also found some surprises. For example, the DNA of participants from the United States showed a significant amount of Nigerian ancestry, far more than expected based on the historical records of ships carrying enslaved people directly to the United States from Nigeria. At first, historians working with the researchers couldn't believe the amount of Nigerian ancestry in the U.S., okay? After consulting another historian, the researchers learned that enslaved people were sent from Nigeria to British Caribbean and then were further traded into the United States, which could explain the genetic findings. The study illuminates one of the darkest chapters of world history in which 12.5 million people were forcibly taken from their homelands in tens of thousands of European ships. It also shows the historical and genetic records together tell a more layered and intimate story than either could alone. The study was published on Thursday in the American Journal of Human Genetics. It represents a real progress in how we think that genetics contributes to telling a story about the past. Although the work is commendable for making us both historic, making use of both historical and genetic data, Dr. Nelson, who was part of the study, said. It was also a missed opportunity to take a full step and really collaborate with historians, the history of the different ethnic groups in Africa, for example, and how they related to modern and historical geographic boundaries could have been explored in greater depth. The study began as a dream project for Joanna Mountain, a senior director uh, of research at 23andMe. Over 30 years, she and her team built a genetic database, primarily of participants who were, uh, were 23andMe customers, whose grandparents were born in one geographic regions of the transatlantic slavery. All participants consented to have their DNA used as research. In the new study, Dr. Mitchell Lecce's team compared the genetic database with the historical one, Slave Voyages, which contains an enormous amount of information about slavery, such as ports of embarkation and de-embarkation, and numbers of enslaved men, women, and children. The researchers also consulted some historians to identify gaps in their data. The size of the project's data set is extraordinary because it drew participants from a direct-to-consumer database of millions of people. The study was able to ask and answer questions about the past and how people were related to each other that could not be asked by academics alone. The findings show remarkable alignment with the historical record. Historians have estimated, for example, that 5.5 Seven million people were taken 
from Central Africa to the Americas, and the genetic record shows a very strong connection between people in West Central Africa and all people with an African ancestry in Americas. Historians have also noted that the people who were taken to Latin America from Africa disembarked from West Central Africa, but many were taken originally from the regions of Senegambia and the Bight of Benin. And the new genetic evidence supports this, showing that descendants of enslaved people in Latin America generally carry genetic connections with two or three of these regions in Africa. The historical record shows that 10.7 million enslaved people who disembarked in the Americas, more than 60% were men, but the genetic record shows that it was mostly enslaved women who contributed to the present day gene pool. The 23andMe project found this general pattern, but also uncovered a startling difference in the experience of men and women between regions of Americas. The scientists ca calculated the enslaved women in, a, in the United States contributed 1.5 more to the modern day gene pool uh, of people of African descent than enslaved men. In the, in the Latin American Caribbean, they contributed 13 times more. In Northern South America, they contributed 17 times more. What's more, in the United States, European men contributed three times more to the modern-day gene pool of the African descent than European women in the British Caribbean. That was 25 times more. You know why that is? You talking to me? Yeah. Oh, what'd you say? Do you know why that is? I didn't hear it said again. That they've calculated that African American men only contributed 1.5% of the modern day gene pool, okay, here in America. Why is it? In the Caribbean, they contributed 13 times more. And in South Africa, seven, I mean, South America, 17 times more. But here's the interesting thing. Scientists calculated also that European men contributed three times more to the modern day gene pool of people of African descent than did European women. In British Caribbean, it was 25 times more. Do you know why? No, why? It ought to be obvious. Okay, you gonna tell me? Or you gonna make me guess? They were raping. Raping the women? The women. Okay. That's where that comes from. That's really? a fascinating statistic. It is. It, it, is. It, 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 it says just how vicious white men were. They were impregnating, in other words, if I'm interpreting this right, they were impregnating slave women more than they were their own women. They had to be because that's where the gene pool comes from. You get that, right? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. All right, that's, that's our black fact for today. Man, history is something else, and so are genetics. 
History's a beast, Keep listening man. to Black Focus Radio. For more dynamic black facts, our culture, our history, our people, on joinetradio.com. One more paragraph, because I think this is important. The genetic evidence, the scientists say, may be explained by local practices. In the United States, segregation between enslaved people and the European population may have made it more likely that the child of an enslaved mother would have an enslaved father, but in other regions where enslaved men were less likely to reproduce, dangerous practices like rice farming in which harsh conditions and muddy fields made it easier to drown and malaria were common may have killed many of them before they could have children. I like how they dressed that up and said explained by local practices. Anyway, <laughs> wow, that's, <clears throat> uh, by the way, that, that article is on my website and it kind of transitions into just a quick blurb about your boy Tom Cotton. Uh, are you familiar with the, the 1619 project? Mm-hmm. What do you know about it? Not to, just I'm the not, project they did I'm, on. Uh, I'm not the, trying to quiz you. No, right just now. the thing that uh, what was it? The New York Times, Washington Post, one New York Times the article. New York one? Times yeah. ran a well, it was more like an expose about 1619, and what it basically offers is to uh, give a clearer and better understanding of the American slave trade and the first time uh, slaves were brought to this country and thereafter. So Tom Cotton, apparently, he's introduced a bill to prevent schools from teaching the 1619 Project. Now, the bill entitled Saving, the Saving American History Act 2020 okay. would prohibit K-12 through schools from using federal funds to teach the 1619 Project. The bill would require the Secretaries of Education, Health, Human Services, and Agriculture to allocate funding to schools that teach the project based on how much it costs to plan and teach the curriculum. The New York Times 1619 Project is a racially divisive, revisionist account of history that denies the noble principles of freedom and equality on which the nation was founded, says Tom Cotton. He added that not a single cent of federal dollars should go to indoctrinate young Americans with this left-wing garbage. Cotton has been on a crusade in recent months against what he describes as woke culture after the New York Times came under fire for an op-ed published arguing for a military intervention in George Floyd's protest. Your thoughts, Robert? I have none. Light and frothy. Light and frothy. Yeah. No, you you just you just chopping it a bit for this. Okay, Robert. Okay, you're I'm not listening. gonna you're not gonna participate in the show. I'm not gonna that. bite, Dave. You're not you're not gonna try to bait me in with that one. That which was really good. I almost bit, but <sighs> ask me Monday. Well, 
I'm listening. Can, do you mind if I no, make please. a couple of chime observations right in. Chime right in. for the sake of the show? Yes, please chime okay. right in. Even though it's light and frothy today. Well, but feel free to chime we're, right we're in. We're going to be light and frothy. We're going to have and I uh, meant to Essie ask coming you. in. You know, beautiful woman. She's going to brighten up the room. That way I, I can look at her and not look at you. So it's, it's headed in that direction, okay? So you're you're on the you're on the ski ski slopes on the way down. I wanted to ask you, Dave. Okay. What kind of bait do you use when you fish? It depends on what I'm sh- I'm fishing. For. If you're fishing for catfish, um, actually, catfish will bite just about anything. Okay. But typically, a lot of people will use chicken livers. Uh, chicken livers really good. You let your sit out for a couple of days. Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. okay. Uh, and just to give you a little tip, a little tip, yeah, just give me give me a couple of tips. You can go to the um, uh, the uh, pharmacy and buy the gauze that that is like a hose. Okay. And if you tie a knot in one end, put your chicken livers in the other end, and then tie a nut knot in the other end, and then bait your hook with it. Uh, it will. It will keep you from losing so much bait. Okay. Huh. Okay. Thanks for that tip. So, what what if you fish for crappie? Uh, crappie will bite just about anything. Anything. Okay. Uh, there is this. Uh, what fish won't bite anything? What fish do you have to have a specific bait for? Well, typically, it depends on the size of the fish. Most fish will bite just about anything. But uh, for instance, if you're fishing for bream, the op- the optimum lure would probably be crickets or worms catfish the catfish will eat anything most fish will too but anyway all right so any more questions no please go ahead okay, and, uh, can i finish my yes go ahead my story now okay so as i was saying but you know what i thought about the other day what did you think what, what's the best fishing hole you go of all the places you've been thus far was hot springs probably the best fishing hole you've been to so far well um i enjoyed lake the gray Lake the Gray is the, uh, and that's where we went a couple of weeks ago, by the way. Um, here's the one thing that was fascinating about Lake the Gray is that the bait that w- we were using was nothing but painted lead with a hook on it. Really? You get that right. Just painted lead. He had taken some, some, uh, some, uh, some lead sinkers. melted them, pounded them into an oblong item that kind of resembled a a minnow or a fish, but uh, and put attached a hook on it, and that's what we used to fish with, and those bass were tearing it up. So, but really, Lake the Gray, by the way, was a hundred foot deep too. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the man-made, the man-made it lake. Is, it is man-made, by the way, that's which are cool. all the lakes in the state, the state of Arkansas. Arkansas. That is true. And okay, I, Dave. and I learned that last when we went fishing. Okay, Dave. I did not know. That. I, I digress can I, now. Can I, can yeah, I please, on? please. I mean, I don't want to okay. stop you, man. I don't want to stop. Okay, you. thank you. Okay. okay, all right. So if you stop me again, I'm gonna turn your mic on. All right, cool. Okay, I'm just saying. Um, because we got some other stories. But I'm curious. I'm just really curious about. IT, because I've always have a, have a, had a fascination for IT and your vast knowledge of IT. That being said, um, so if I wanted to have a capacitor on a hard drive with a carburetor, 
How would that work exactly? It wouldn't. Why not? Why would you want a capacitor on a hard drive with, what did you say? A, a carburetor. carburetor. Yeah. yeah. Well, you probably blow yourself up. You know what a capacitor is, don't you? Yeah. What does a capacitor do? I don't know. Tell me, Dave. I don't know. Please educate. A capacitor basically is a well which holds electricity. So, for instance. Really? So, for instance, when you turn on your light, the electricity actually comes from your pole. Jeez, I'm getting beat up. Okay, Dave, I'm stopping. Thank you. Some of us would like to hear the discussion about the current events and news. If you do not want to contribute, please leave and come back at one. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. I All was, right, fine. I was Go ahead, Dave. Do your thing. Do your thing. But anyway, as I was saying about the Tom. And for all you smart people like this sitting to me post about y'all want to hear this stuff, it's supposed to be light and frothy today. We, so if we, y'all want to hear the current we, events, then we, fine. We are going to be light and frothy, but still we are a news station, a news program. We, Our people listen to us to get news. That's every day. <sighs> okay. Go, Dave. Okay, can I finish? But anyway, we were talking about Tom Cotton, and Tom Cotton uh, wants to pass this legislation. And hopefully, obviously, uh, it won't pass uh, as far as the Republican Party or the Democratic Party is concerned. But I bring this up because we need to be aware of Tom Cotton. This guy is a problem. Now, here's what really bothers me about this more than anything else. Because, see, the problem with America is it's been lying. Saving America History Act. Well, if you're going to save American history, then shouldn't you be teaching American history the way it should be? He claims it's racially divisive because it's speaking fact. It's telling you about the ancestors of this country who had the unmitigated gall to say all men are created equal, but also they own men as slaves. They raped those women. So how can Tom Cotton even fix his mouth to say anything like this? This guy is an embarrassment for America, and he's certainly an embarrassment for the state of Arkansas. So do yourselves a favor, send a letter to Tom Cotton and say, hey, Tom, you're an idiot. Just email that to him, okay? Also, yesterday, the Republican Party or Donald Trump claimed that they will now no longer have their convention in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, if you remember, originally it was set to be in Charlotte, North Carolina, but uh, amidst the COVID-19 virus, when the president could not blackmail the governor of North Carolina to uh, drop some of his standards as it relates to protection, he surreptitiously moved it to Jacksonville, Florida. Now, the sheriff, the sheriff of Jacksonville basically said that he cannot protect the Republicans when they come to town. So it looks like Donald Trump has given in, and now this will be a virtual convention. Remember, he chastised Joe Biden about that when Biden said that's what the Democrats were going to do. 
But more importantly, here's where the rubber meets the road. He said yesterday, that, and I'm paraphrasing, that he's concerned about the American people. He has to save lives. He has to be concerned about those things. Yet, he's pushing to send your children back to school. Now, don't y'all think that's kind of ironic? That it's not good enough to have a convention but it's good enough to send your children back to school. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Speaking of which, the governor is on that bandwagon with the president as well. And I'm going to ask you a question. And here's an article that basically says, Arkansas Pediatrics Group opposes school opening. A group representing Arkansas pediatricians. Now, if you don't know what a pediatrician is, a pediatrician is a doctor, a medical doctor. That means that that person went to school for umpteen years to understand how to treat, heal your children. This is a child doctor. That's what pediatrics means, okay? Now, if pediatrics are saying they've got concerns, who should you be listening to, parents? Asa Hutchinson or the pediatrics? Here's what they said. While some counties may have extremely low rates of spread, others have grown, have growing numbers of positive cases, consistent positive cases, positive test rates hovering around 30 percent, indicating that community spread is uncontrolled and testing is not yet sufficiently reaching all infected people. Additionally, safety policies and resources are not standardized across the state, leading to inequitable protection for children, teachers, and family. By the way, this organization represents 400 pediatricians across the state of Arkansas. Okay? Now, I'm just saying, because school is set to start, what, in a week or so? Robert, when is school starting? August 24th. August 24th. They moved the date back. They moved, ooh, good for them. If, if, If the Arkansas chapter of American Academy of Pediatrics, who represents 400 pediatrics, are concerned about them starting school. And then you juxtapose that the governor, I mean the, the, the president, decided that we're, can- hey, see he's, he's seen the light now. Hey, we canceling this thing. We can't take a chance on people getting sick. Why is it okay to send your kids to school? I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. August 24th. Why is it okay? 
Why is that a good thing? Can can someone help me out? Robert, you you got anything? Robert? Yeah, I'm listening. Robert. Yeah. Robert. Yeah. You got anything? I can't give you anything on that one. Honestly, I don't understand why we're going back. I don't understand what the significance. I mean, other than uh, <laughs> other than they need money, I don't know. I don't understand why we go back. Well, uh, it's it's concerning, to say the least. You know, we need to get Tracy Ann on and tell us about what's going on with this. We definitely need to get her on the show. I, I would too. Now I know. I know the or maybe we, maybe we should call Mike too. We should get try to get Mike pouring next week. Try to get Tracy in next week mm-hmm. and just just talk a little bit about why this is happening and and that's a good idea. Uh, because clearly parents are concerned. I'm gonna text Mike now. Okay. Clearly, parents are concerned that this is happening. But you know there are more and more people who are beginning to wake up and say, this is not making any sense. And it really isn't when you really begin to pay attention to what's going on here. It's, you know, you can't, you can't tell me as an adult, you can't tell me as an adult that, hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna social distance. I mean, we're gonna social distance. We're gonna wear a mask. We're going to take all the precautions. We're not going to have our conventions, and we're not going to have our meetings, uh, but it's okay to send children to school. This makes no sense whatsoever. I I just, I, I don't get this, and I'm a little surprised that there aren't more parents who are raising hell about this. I, I'm a little surprised that, there aren't churches. I mean, there are churches that are not even having service because of the pandemic. And some of these kids attend your churches. I'm a little confused why churches, whether you're black or white, because it ain't just black parents who are, who are afraid, why churches are not saying, hey, why aren't y'all meeting with your congregations and developing a plan of action? Who to contact? Where to protest? To say, hey, we're not sending our kids back to school. I don't understand that. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm, 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 I'm more concerned than I should be because I don't have any kids. Maybe, maybe I should just simply say, uh, It's no big deal. Send them on back. If y'all don't care about your kids, why should I care about them? I mean, maybe, maybe once we get somebody in here to give us give us their perspective, maybe we'll have a better understanding of why this is so crucial. Maybe that's maybe there's some things that we're not thinking about because we're not in the education field. Maybe there's some things that we don't understand or don't see. Maybe they're talking about kids falling further behind. I don't know. Let's get let's get Mike in. Ask him why it's important to get back in school with the virus, and maybe we can get some answers. Well, certainly. But I would love to talk to some. Well, I talked to a parent last night. My son. Uh, here's what they've done in Baltimore. The entire semester in Baltimore, 
is virtual learning. Did you hear what I said? Yep. The entire semester is virtual learning. So I'm a little confused why states like Arkansas, you look at what's happening in Baltimore right now, their, their spread is nowhere near what's happening in Arkansas. I'm a little confused why they get it and Arkansas doesn't. You understand what I'm saying? Right. If you would tend to believe that, okay, the one state that we've seen that has been su- successful in combating this, what state is that? It's New York. I would tend to believe that every state would be looking at New York City calling Governor Cuomo and saying, hey, what can we do? What did y'all do? But these idiots are just, it's like they're, they're flying by the seat of their pants. They don't care. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't want to think they don't care. There has to be some, there has to be some rationale to why they, want, why they want school to start back. I hate to think that they're just that insensitive. There has to be some kind of rationale. The rationale is money. I don't want to think that's it. You don't want to think that's it. I don't it. want to think that's, that's it. That's because you're living in that namby-pamby, you know, poly See, see I didn't want to be engaged in the conversation. When I do, I get called namby-pamby. Namby-pamby. I'm sorry. you got to stop watching Boston Legal, too. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. I didn't mean to call you namby-pamby. Namby-pamby. That's terrible. Yeah. But no, I mean, there's got to be, there has to be some logical explanation for why they want to get kids back in school. Okay, so let, let's let's go with that. Let's say there is a logical explanation, whatever that may be. Now, okay. I've heard some say, well, it, 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 they've said that we need to get kids back in school, but they ain't said why specifically. Okay. But let's assume that there is a logical reason. Okay. Okay. So if there is a logical reason and that's the, you got to get them back in school, shouldn't you have, shouldn't you have policies that's going to, so, for instance, if my child goes to school and he has COVID-19, what happens to my child? No one knows. You see what I'm saying? And every school system across your state has a different policy, if they have a policy at all. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it could come down to, well, let's say for things like mask and hand sanitizer, uh, it could come down to the richer school districts can pay for those types of things, whereas the poorer school districts can't. You see what I'm saying? I, I, I understand. So where is the support system for those school systems that don't have the funding to pay for personal protection equipment, PPE? Right. There is no policy. There is no state policy. There is no national policy. And it makes no sense to me that you would send kids back to school if you say, well, we got to get them back in school. Doesn't that mean that you got to protect them? You, right. you understand what I'm saying? If you got to get them back in school, which I can somewhat agree with that, but if you got to get them back in school, well, by God, you got to protect them. And you got to be putting out anything and everything you can to make sure that these children are protected. 
Am I off base on that? You are. Why? It makes sense. I, I'm I'm confused. And I don't understand why parents are not raising hell about this. This is this is about and, and, and here's the other thing. This bill that Congress walked the the Republican Congress walked away from yesterday and went home and I think they're gonna be home for a week. One of the things that they want in this legislation is reliability waivers. Okay. So that means that if you send your child to school or you go to a job that's mandatory and that, that makes, makes it mandatory, like let's say, for instance, a teacher, then those companies, those school districts will be exempt from liability. So you're telling me that you want to send my kid to school, but if my kid contracts COVID-19 or you want me as a teacher to go to school and I contract COVID-19 and I die, then there's nobody legally responsible? No. <sighs> Again, I just text Mike just text back. So he's doing, he told me to get with him Monday. So let's see what right. happens. But again, we have to figure out we have to figure out their why. There has to be a logical there has to be a logical there has to be a logical explanation for why they want kids back in school. I I don't I don't think I, it's, I don't that. think it's purely economic. Well, maybe it is. I don't want to think it's purely economic. Well, it has a lot to do with economics. And okay. I mean who, who knows? Maybe okay. maybe maybe Mike is maybe Mike doesn't agree with having kids back in school. Um maybe that's something coming from the uh Board of Ed. And he just has to follow. He just have to. He just has to follow instructions. Well, that's coming from the governor. That's not coming from the board of ed, which is who who is nothing more than a mouthpiece for the president. But I'm saying, whatever that logical reason is, Robert, I'm giving you that. Shouldn't we be doing everything in our power to protect these children who are gonna have to go back to school? That's all I'm saying. And they're not. There are no guidelines. There are no specifics. They'll say, well, we, we're going to be following CDC guidelines. Well, if you go back, if you go out and look at the CDC guidelines, one of the things in the CDC guidelines says that schools, and I'm paraphrasing, are expected to do everything that's reasonable to protect kids from contracting COVID-19. What does that mean to you? Nothing. Exactly. Dave, don't do that, though. Don't do that. Exactly. Don't do that. Don't do what? Aren't you not, are you not concerned about you? Okay, I care about your son more than you do, Robert. Is that what I'm understanding here? I care about Ryan more, Ryan Webb, that intelligent young man who comes in here periodically to grace us with his knowledge. You, are you telling me, Robert Webby Webb, that, that I is, care about your son more than you do? That is so unfair. My point is they have to have a logical explanation. You're a dirty dude. They have to have a logical explanation for why they want kids to go back to school. It has to be something that... It has. They have to have a logical explanation. I can't think of why you would want kids to go back to school right now. There has to be something. I mean, it's got to be something, Dave. 
Robert, I'm agreeing with you. I, even though I'm, but I'm not I'm, saying I'm, I'm not. My, kid, I'm not my kids not going to school. Oh, your kids not. Hell okay, no. so you do care about Ryan. You're out okay. of your mind. I already Ooh. said that. How many times have I said that? I just, but I'm saying, whatever that logical reasoning is. Okay. The other part of that logic should be that okay, if we're gonna send them back, we got to protect them. It's kind of like sending your armed soldiers to war and not giving them a gun. I remember a story a while back where the body armor that many of our soldiers were using in Iraq was faulty. I don't know if you saw this story. You're a 60 Minutes person. You may have. But this was a story on 60 Minutes. And the body armor, although it doesn't totally protect you, it does help from help on battlefield fatalities. You understand what I'm saying? Right. They found out that this particular company that was making this body armor, they were sending them back, sending them body armor that was faulty. Even many of the soldiers had written letters home to their uh, relatives talking about the faulty equipment to the point where many of the relatives were raising money, using their own money to buy body armor for their, their, their soldiers so it would help protect them on the battlefield, okay? Now, here's my point. This, to me, is the same instance, is that you're sending these children into a theater of death without really knowing what could happen, and you're not even giving them any protection. You're saying, okay, we got to have war, but we're not going to give them any protection to, to prosecute that war. They're saying we got to get kids back in school, but we're not going to get them any protection to make sure that they're safe. It's the same thing to me. And it should concern us all. That's all I'm saying. I, I don't disagree with you. But like I said, I'd rather, have, I'd rather have more context. Because, again, I can't see why they would want kids back in school. I can't, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't wrap my mind around that. And you know, it would be different if, if it wasn't, if there was such a, just for instance, in Baltimore, as I just mentioned, there, my son said those kids may not go back the whole year, but right now they're looking at it as just a semester. Why is it so different in Baltimore and northern states than it is in southern states? Why, I mean, are those kids any different from the kids here? See, that's what should be perplexing to all of us. Kids are kids regardless of where they, where they live. They're going to respond to the same stimuli regardless of where they live. Right. So why are you telling me that the Baltimore and many of the northern school districts have committed to saying, okay, we're going to do e-learning? Even in California now, Los Angeles, the largest school district out there, has committed to e-learning. They're giving all those kids. In fact, they gave all those kids e-books. Why is that any different there than it is here? That's the question that we should be asking. Those are the questions that we are that our our, our, our uh, reporters who attend these press conferences every day with Asa Hutchison are you all not asking those questions? I, I mean, I'm I'm confused. 
Maybe it's just me. Maybe I care too much. No. I, I just I just see this as a disaster, man. I just see it as a disaster. Hey, there's there are a lot of schools in Texas that are going virtual for the uh, first semester. That's what one of our listeners said. Yeah. Uh, see, that's what I'm saying. But I don't know. I mean, I want. I, I'd like to know if we have the if we have the resources to do something like that. Um. Okay, let me stop you on that. I, I know a lot of people think money, but do you think all of these school districts have money to be buying uh, uh, Chromebook, Chromebooks, tablets, and that kind of stuff? No. You know what quite happens quite often is that these that Google and these companies they end up they end up uh, sending out those as tax deductions. Let me let me take this. That's what happens. All right. So I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. We'll it's be top back. of the hour anyway. Let's it's do the top it. of the hour. Well, let's go ahead and do that. When we come back, uh, I have Essie on my phone. Let's see where she is. She's supposed to be in studio, so we'll talk to her in the break and get her situated. She might be outside, so that might be why she's calling. So we'll go ahead and take this quick break. We'll be back in a moment. It's Black Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions. Our voices on joinatradio.com. That can happen when you don't advertise. I have a solution for you. Advertise on joinetradio.com and let the world know that you're in business. I know what you're thinking. Advertising is so expensive. I've got a great package for you that will cut your expense and increase your bottom line. It's only $125 for startup and new businesses. Call me, David W. Coleman, at 615-554-0568, and I'll put together a package specifically for your business. Now is the time to tell the world, hey, I'm in business. Come spend your money on quality goods in my store. Let us help you at joinedradio.com. Here's the number. Call me, 615-554-0568. We are here to assist you in building your brand. Serving the families of Clark County and the surrounding area since 1966, it's Mitchell Funeral Home. Understanding that a funeral is a celebration of life, the entire staff of Mitchell Funeral Home takes great pride in the caring, personal, and professional service they offer. Cremations, funeral plannings, burial policies, life insurance, notary, and monument sales are a few of the services we offer. Mitchell Funeral Home, Arkadelphia, 870-246-2611. Mitchell Funeral Home quality you can appreciate, service you can depend on. I'm going to give you a secret. One of the most important keys in the kingdom for living financially free is the principle of management. 
Having a credit crunch on uncertain financial future? Boss up your credit score with Wealthlux Credit Solutions. $99 down, $99 per month. That's Wealthlux Credit Solutions. We can help you with bankruptcies, late payments, public records, judgments, evictions, foreclosures, identity theft, and medical bills. Call now for a quick response. 501-352-1778. Go digital and get debt free. WealthLuxConcierge.com. Text credit at 501-352-1778. For every no, your credit will be the key to your yes. WealthLuxConcierge.com. Boss up your credit score with WealthLux Credit Solutions. $99 down, $99 per month. For WealthLux Credit Solutions. Listen. Did you miss Dr. Ernest Gill from UT San Antonio? When you're making $455 million off these student athletes and all you can come up with is $5,000, John Calipari makes $8 million a year and his players are going to get $5,000 a year. The majority of these teams were, were white men and white white males and females. Would this be happening? And I would say no because their families wouldn't let it happen. But we're letting our kids get pissed. Join the weekly sports magazine every Saturday, 8 to 10 a.m. on joinedradio.com. You got it. England and East River Rock's answer to your aggravation. The Joy Network. The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, welcome back to the show, Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with us. If you would like to join the show, don't forget we stream live on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you miss any part of the show, go out and get that podcast. Download it on your favorite podcast platform. We are all over the place. Just search for Black Focus Radio. And if you're out tooling around right now, you can go out to the website, joinatradio.com, and download the app and carry us everywhere you go. How about them apples? All right, so we're in the second hour of the show. Robert has chastised me the entire first hour because I wasn't light and frothy enough. We're going to get a little light and frothy this hour, of course, uh, a young lady that I've had the pleasure of meeting and have had planned to invite her on the show a while back. And we finally hooked up to get her on the show, uh, Miss Essie Ward. And Miss Essie has been instrumental in getting people involved in the advertising business, the movie business, the modeling business. She's always on the hunt for great talent. I was going to be a star. <laughs> So you might want to tune your little Ray Didio to the station right now because maybe you thought that you were 
you were the it person. And we're going to talk about what is it and how you get it. Can you buy it? Can you grow it? Can you sell it? And all of those good things. So I'm excited to have Essie on the show with us today. So uh, let's welcome to the show uh, the glamorous, gorgeous, intelligent Miss Essie Ward. Hey, Essie, how you doing? I'm so good. And are you sure you're talking about me? Uh, uh, well, based on what I've read about you. <laughs> Okay, so we know we always we all embellish, don't we, Robert? <laughs> Only you. <laughs> well, now I heard you talking about light and frothy. This is serious business here. Well, I, I know it is, but <laughs> you bring the light and frothy to it. So just thought I would have a little bit yeah. of fun at the beginning of the show. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So about yourself. Um, Come closer to the mic. Southern too. girl, little rock ties. Where'd you Central go to high school? Where? Where'd you go to high school? Hell to the old go. Yo, Hell to the hell black, to baby. Black. That's what I'm saying. Hell, my mother. None that she likes. That's what I'm saying. See, y'all, I know y'all don't understand that. It's it's a tiger thing. Central is one of my proud moments. Yes. And, and here's something that's totally off the books. But my son was at Joe T. Robinson, and I was kind of, you know, happy. You know, coming through in the 80s, it mm -hmm. was kind of hard, you mm -hmm. know, into the 90s and whatever. And so finally he said, Mom, I don't think it's fair that you're denying me my heritage of attending Central High School. <laughs> I had to say, you know what, son? Central High School will be your alma mater. <laughs> so I, there's just something about driving by there and, you know, with all yeah. the things that we went through and we're still going through today, mm. there is still a focus on knowing that you did come through that school. And yeah, that's that's one amazing school. I always tell the story that when people ask me what high school am I from, uh, and I've even done that when I li did this when I lived out state, but particularly here in Little Rock in Arkansas, they said, "Well, where'd you go to high school?" I said, "There's only one high school in the state of Arkansas," <laughs> and then they'll say, "You must have went to Central,", Central and I said, "How'd you know?" <laughs> You know, so uh, I always use that little, and that irritates them, especially my, I got a lot of Parkview friends I went to college with, and boy, that eats them up, so. Well, see, that doesn't even count, you know. Yeah. What matters is Central High School, and that's, that's the big deal. I've had people come in from out of the state, out of the country, and the first thing they do is say, I want to see it. Mm -hmm. And I know what it is. So mm -hmm. we just get in the car and head right over to Central. And people truly are amazed by that is, is, an, is a high school. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's ranked on uh, the last ranking that I saw. I want to say it was number two in the country for the most beautiful high schools. Well, it should go back to being number yeah. one. But let's talk about modeling, acting, singing, dancing, <laughs> being in the talent okay. industry. Hey, I can talk about Central all day, All man. day long. Yeah, so so um, this is part of, you kind of know what, what makes you who you are. And Mars Holmes was the principal at Central. Mm -hmm. And um, we were doing working on the planning committee for prom. And uh, one of the girls had a boyfriend that was old as H, right? He had no business going to a high school prom. Mm. And she said, go in there and talk to Mr. Holmes so my boyfriend can come to the prom. And I said, okay, here I go. So I go in there and I sit down. Now, Mars Holmes, one to me, is like, oh my God, that's kind of was my Obama, mm. you know, during mm. the day. I think it, I think y'all were. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I was, uh, I only got one year of him my, my uh, sophomore year. Mm -hmm. But everybody loved him today. I'm telling you, if he didn't, make your day worthwhile 
So long story And then plaid short, pants. Exactly. I still see the pictures. <laughs> but he was always together. Oh, yeah. Oh, plaid yeah. Pants, but always it, was, it was in style then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I go in, and I sit down, and I say, Mr. Holmes, I need to talk to you about something really important. And he says, what is it, Essie? And I, I tell him, and he said, you know what? You make the decision. You make the decision if that grown man should come to this senior high school prom. Mm. And whatever decision you make, you get on the intercom and announce it. And I sat behind his cherry wood desk, feeling all powerful, and knew that I had to be real. So I never made an announcement because the idea was, no, your old boyfriend cannot mm. come to the prom. Mm. So he taught me a lot, you know, but I felt the power and authority of being behind that huge cherry wood desk in his office mm -hmm. and having to make a decision. And I knew that I had to make the right decision. And some politicians that I know should also be making the right decision, you know. But anyway, in long story short, it's part of what makes you who you are. You know, I think that was a defining moment in my life when I realized that sometimes you just have to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. I knew that my friend wanted me to try and get it so that her boyfriend could come, but it just wasn't going to work. Mm -hmm. So, The fact that I never made the announcement was because there's no announcement to have to make. And he knew that. He knew that when he told yeah. me to do that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I'm Essie Ward, and I have Tia here with me. I'm in the business of people. Um, I started out at Central High School, and I started out even in Ms. Dazzlemore's class in the sixth grade, being the shyest kid in America. And Mrs. Dazzlemore, who was not racist but very pro-black, taught us the power of the color of our skin. And she saw that I was so shy that it was crippling me. And she started giving me positions of authority, things to do one day at a time. Essie passed mm. out the books, Essie take the role, Essie do this, Essie do that. Essie was afraid to do that. I was just too shy to do that. And then it dawned on me, you know, as I did that each day, I started gaining confidence. Mm -hmm. And that confidence allowed me to leave the sixth grade and go into the seventh grade and have a totally different mindset. And so what I do is I help people grow their confidence mm. so that they can be in a very, in a, in a business that can be very unforgiving at times, uh, a business that can tear you down at times and build you up when you had no idea. And, and so I use that, what she taught me of a little bit at a time, and I work with people so that you actually go into a job market that you're prepared for. Mm. You see, in most in most cases in today's world, because we're social media, I mean, so inclined to do social media and just jump into whatever we want. And, and so I tell people that I developed a division of major market models and talent called Explosion, and here we train you. So you don't want to wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I want to be a nurse. Send me a patient, let me practice on it, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So you don't want to say, I want to be a model, let me start at the bottom and work my way up to my, with my agency. I'm a parent agency firm, so once you're developed in, it's my job to help you get signed with agencies across the world, across the U.S. and whatever. And, and so here in Arkansas, that is something that I've been doing for many years now. Um, in addition to booking talent, um, one of our bigger contracts was with Dillard's, you know, for 
several years, but then at the same time, we had models that were leaving Arkansas, going abroad, and understanding that here, I said one day that I want to be a model, so I actually took those tennis shoes off and put on a pair of heels and left the court for the runway, and now I see some of those people and think, by the grace of God, you made it through. Mm -hmm. But that's because you didn't quit before you had given it right. your all. Right. But so that is that is what I do. I help people get into the business of modeling, acting, singing, dancing, uh, becoming an influencer, and then treating yourself like a business. Mm -hmm. So um, if I wanted to be, let's say, for instance, does it, well, let me, let me start it. Does it matter what age? If I wanted to be part of your agency, let's say I, I, I want to be in commercials, do I have to be a certain age or how does that work? So there's no age for commercials, but one thing that I think that people miss when it, becomes to, when it comes to being professional or a working talent, there's one thing to be an Instagram talent. All you do is post up your pictures and you get likes. You can't pay your bills and likes. But you have to meet a criteria, and if you fit into a criteria, then that's my first step in saying, yes, I would like to work with you. And so um, if you're 5'2", or 5'1", or 5'11", or 6'4", you can still be an actor. Mm -hmm. You can still be a commercial print model, which is not fashion, it's pretty much acting, it's promoting brands and products mm -hmm. and things like, like you that see in sales papers exactly okay so now as long as it's not fashion because mm -hmm. people think that commercial print means fashion for short models but it's not mm -hmm. it's the model that's holding the Dizani bottle of water right. or it's the model that's holding the new iphone or it's the model that's pushing a baby baby stroller you know down the it, it might just be a picture of your hand holding exactly, that exactly exactly yeah. so as long as it's not fashion when it's fashion then that's modeling and that's when you literally have to fit into a box mm -hmm. so that box is based upon what the client is going to book and pay for right so when tia came to me and she walked in the door and I thought, oh, she's amazing. She's what a curvy girl looks like in this business. Mm -hmm. So we don't say plus model and all that kind of thing anymore. They're curvy girls. Curvy girls. So as a curvy girl, I thought you still want to be in shape. So some women think that, <laughs> oh, I can be whatever size I want to be and still be. Con mm -hmm. But are you going to be a working model? And to what degree? So not only did she say, I don't I don't have a problem being a curly girl and a curvy girl. And I'm gonna have her tell her story if you guys don't mind. But sure. when she came to me, she said, I need more development. I this is something I want to do. I'm graduating college, but this is what I want to do, and that will be my backup. Mm -hmm. And I said, then let's work make this happen. And we have a checklist. We go down this checklist. And I said, okay, what condition is your body? And she says, I'm looking pretty good. I said, yes, ma'am, you are. Well, can you do any better? She said, yes, I can. And so now she's in the gym and she's working out and she's watching what she's eating. And she's like, I want to be at the top of my game. Mm -hmm. And in this process, it may take several months, but you're going to work for those results that you want. Mm -hmm. And so um, based upon height, people will tell you that you can be a model. But if you're 5'1", you have to stop and think, what client is really going to hire me to do fashion? Mm -hmm. If you're 5'11", and you meet these qualifications, then you go into a category called fashion or high fashion. If you're 5'1", 
and you want to go into fashion, then I have to stop and think, but what agency can I promote you to that's going to say yes? And they're going to base their answer on what? Their answer is going to be based upon their clientele. Can I sell this person to a client? Can this person make money? And the answer is probably going to be it's the hardest sale you ever had to make for a 5'1 girl to be a model. Even if that 5'1 girl is quote-unquote pretty. She can be beautiful, but then her category changes. It becomes health and beauty. Mm Mm-hmm. So now it's still not about clothing and fashion right. because the agencies are still looking for the models that are going to grace those 5, 9, 10, 11 bodies mm-hmm. and watch those clothes flow. But, so I had a little young lady, and she she was um, about 5'3 or 5'4, and I said, I can't book you for fashion, but you can do health and beauty. So she ended up booking the cover of Dark and Lovely. Wow. And it made like $5,000. But the thing is, is that I'm real with, I was real with her and she thanked me and appreciated it because she said, my friends are telling me, I don't know why you're going to that lady. She, you're too short to be a model. And I I said, just understand that you're going into health and beauty. It's a huge industry now. Makeup, oh my God. The money that you can make. Hair, the money that you can make. But people get so stuck on fashion, and fashion is literally for, honestly, for those models that are, you know. See, see, see that's why, that's why, yeah, see, that's why I think you're, you could be potentially important, because I see, I'm an, as I've told you, I'm an amateur photographer, I take a lot of pictures, a lot of beautiful women of all shapes and sizes, Really? but the, 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 <laughs> these are, these are good pictures, Robert, okay? Oh. Uh, but I find that many don't really understand that they could be making some nice side cash, you know, just by having some pretty hands or maybe having just some pretty eyes or some pretty lips. And I think particularly black women have been so... Uh, I guess you could say talked about in a negative light as it relates to their full lips and things of that nature. They tend not to understand how I could be making money mm-hmm. just by someone watching me put on lipstick. Mm-hmm. It, it, so I think that's why I think people like you are important to just not just focus on the modeling part of it, but the whole genre as it relates to uh, advertising and, and movie scripts and things of that nature. If you come to me, I am going to tell you honestly where I think you fit into the business. And so I do have people that say, well, I'm never going to give up. I had one young lady that was about under five foot tall, maybe, and she said, well, I'm an editorial model. And so I posted up a Facebook picture of an editorial model, and she says, oh, mm. I'm not an editorial model. I'm right. like, you are so far away. An editorial model is thin and really tall mm-hmm. and, and, and agile. And so, no, you're not. A mm-hmm. But I'm also going to give you a terminology list. If you come to me, read that. Okay, so let's do this. <laughs> let's, let's, since you, you kind of give them the dope up front, let's take Robert over here. <gasps> no. Okay. Yes. If if Robert wanted to be in the business, no, no way. Because Robert is what six four. 
He's a big, healthy, scrapping black man. He's a good-looking guy. I date him, but I ain't gay. You know. Uh, now that sounds like something that forty-five would say. Be careful but, what you say here. But but uh, but just I mean because I I think you've got a good eye. Look at Robert and give us an idea. I'm going to say Robert. You need to take this on as an opportunity and realize that you can make money. You would be in a category tall, big and tall men. Wilhelmina Models absolutely has a division for that now. So I would say to him, okay, let's get your book together. Let's get your look together. Let's teach you a little bit about the business. Let's submit your pictures. And Robert would probably get signed. And then they would say, well, where is he? I'm going to say he's in Arkansas. Oh, he would have to travel. Now Robert has to decide, am I going to stay in Arkansas and not be a model? Or am I going to leave and be a model? So then I would say, okay, so here, let's take into account the Campbell Agency in Dallas. They took on a guy, and I'm thinking, okay, he looks like a regular guy. And once he started working in the business and with agents, this guy totally transformed. He said, who the heck thought that I was going to leave my career at my age and go to New York and be a model? But he did. So Robert has a nice look. Robert has the height. Robert has the build. Robert has something to say. <laughs> <laughs> Robert can I, I'm be trying to model. help a black man out. I'm trying to help a black man out, okay? No, I'm too uh, big. I'm too fat. But too so fine. the division is going to be that there are many men that look like you, and they want to look nice, and they see your pictures, and they're going to say, hey, I could get that outfit. I'm going to order this one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you would literally become the hanger that is wearing that outfit that somebody wants to buy. But now, Robert, you wouldn't wear a work T-shirt and some work jeans when you're working, right? You would have on that nice outfit. They would say, well, we want the 5 o'clock shadow today. Or they mm-hmm. may say, no, we want him all cleaned up and, you know, spruced mm-hmm. up and everything. So, honestly, in today's world, there are divisions, and so you're big and tall men, they, they really are a work. They call it brawn now. And so as a brawn model, these guys are making money. And, and here's the other thing, just based on what I'm what saying. Have one, we don't have one example right. per Okay, this per is, show. okay. <laughs> just, just based on what I'm saying, there are a lot more black men getting in the business and there are a lot more black women getting in the business. And you know what? That's the blessing because so often when we go back in the day, there was a token black. Oh, yep. we hired one. Well, first of all, you didn't hire any. Mm-hmm. And then it became, well, we have our black. Mm-hmm. We have one. Mm-hmm. And so that was the only black in the show. Right. And now the last couple of fashion weeks have been astronomical because there have been so many people of color mm-hmm. that are walking the Paris, New York, London, the fashion week shows that are wearing the garments. And, and so we see the changes in the industry they they are understanding but then you still have your ones that say don't send me any blacks and i won't have to turn any down Mm -hmm. but those people are basically you know um not the ones that we worry so much about is the ones that do hire you Mm -hmm. and we'll work on that other side later but yeah the industry now is far more accepting of people of color and of course, the dream skin is the dark skin. No. Well, I'll tell you the um, certainly as of late, it seems, and I don't know if it was because of uh, uh, Black Panther and the, stop the, it, the, everybody! The I'm not a model. Stop it! See, see, stop listen, it. listen. Stop it. Um, 
But actually, the, he's blushing. The, he, he really stop is. It, stop it, stop the it. the dark skinned sister, in my opinion, has always been in vogue. But now it looks like the world is really accepting her. And I, I go back to the young lady who was uh, uh, who was discovered, I believe, at Howard at a picnic who is mm-hmm. black as the night, mm-hmm. but is so drop-dead damn gorgeous. <laughs> it just makes me sick every time I see her. It's, I'm loving the way this is happening now. It's like when I would look at pictures of Alec Weck, and she's the Sudan model, mm-hmm. you know. Alec Weck. Mm-hmm. Alec Weck, um, A-L-E-K-W-E-K. She's a Sudan model who is midnight dark. Mm-hmm. And on some pictures, she looks like a millennium alien, but on others, I'm like... And on others, she looks so absolutely beautiful. And so she graced A-L-E-K-W-E-K. She graced the covers of uh, Elle magazine, and they sold fewer copies than they ever sold in the history of the magazine. But it still made her famous. Uh So now, Alec Weck is one of those models that is totally amazing, but she still has personality. She's still grounded. Uh She has a very unique look. Uh, She is so unique looking. And now there's a whole group of models that look just like her Uh or like her. She's the top of the line that are coming out of Sudan and looking just like that. So no different than the models in the United States. Um, you actually turned me on to one yesterday, and I thought, I have got to see this girl. Now, mm-hmm. she has yet to, to show well, we're up. We're hoping that's going to come through. She's so absolutely amazing that she may not know her power. Mm-hmm. And so Tia here is one of the chocolate beauties. When mm-hmm. she came to me, and I told her what she needed to do, and she said, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do it because I think that you could help me make this into a career. Mm-hmm. And today, our meeting, which I just happened to invite her over here because our meeting went so well. She's worked on her runway. It looks great. You cannot be a great runway model unless you walk. Mm-hmm. You're not going to wait to walk in a show. You're going to walk at Robert, home. Get over there and walk. Robert, get over there and walk. We got a little room. Get over I don't there and like walk. being <laughs> Come on, come on, get over there and walk, Robert. Come on, man, don't be shy. Why are you doing this to Robert? Don't be shy, Robert. Come on. You're just so shy. But I will say this. um, She's learning print. She's learning photo. I mean, the picture, the whole element of print Mm -hmm. movement and what you should look like, how you have to get a garment, read the garment, know what this garment needs for you to show it off to its perfection. Today we went over wardrobe. Here are good ideas on what to wear, you know, and I have a styling closet and we just started taking things down. Mm-hmm. Look at how this looks on you. When I say to you, I want you to walk in the room and shut it down, this is what you wear. This is the look that you have is very individual. And and so just all down the line, I know that she's working at perfecting her craft. And so as a model, we're really at the point where what we have to do now is get you signed and get you started. Mm-hmm. The, she's also interested in acting, and I said, let's start at the beginning with that, and then we're going to go that direction because as literally an independent contractor, which you are as a model, yep. you need as many income streams mm-hmm. as you can. So you can model, you could act, you you know, you could do training, weight training. You, you can, can write. start your own blog yeah. on Literally, mm-hmm. I'm a curvy girl, but I want to be at the top of my game. Mm-hmm. And this is what I do. And so she works out and she eats healthy and she has a garden. And all of those things, to me, say now you're being conditioned to go into this job and look at it as a job. Mm-hmm. 
And when you get to a casting, you're not going to get in there and be afraid. You're going to get in there and say, I came to book this. And I want to leave here with this job. I know that's right. So are we going to talk to Tia? We are. Come come on up here to the mic. Okay. All right. Hi. Hello, Miss Tia. How are you doing? Good. Welcome to Black Focus Radio. Thank you for having me. Unfortunately, I did not get to 10 Central Arkansas, but I did. That's okay. <laughs> Everybody ain't able. I know, I know. Sad face. I went to Star City High School. Um, uh, do you know where that is? Yeah, as a matter of fact, a very good friend of mine I played college football with went to Star City. Yes, but I, I'm from Grady, Arkansas. Okay. Do you know where Grady is? Uh, yeah, that's kind of where my kinfolks are. Okay, are. okay. Yeah. There might be kinfolks. Yeah. Well, it is not just a prison. Anywho, so where did you graduate college from? I graduated from University of Arkansas Little Rock with my degree in criminal justice, information technology, and then an associate's in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Okay. When I was going, I was wanting to be an FBI agent. Okay. But when I interned with the SSA OGI office, I knew that that wasn't that isn't what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I was interning also at the same time, no, not interning, I was a personal assistant for this lady in Little Rock. And I was doing like bookkeeping, leasing things out, invoices. I was, hello, I'm about to go to the collection agency where your stuff, <laughs> you know, timid or whatever. So, um, and then I had a boyfriend and I tell Essie this, that I got like real fat with him. You know, you know, you get, happy, you get, happy, you get yeah. distractions, happy distractions. Eat. Yeah. So you eat and I'm eating and I got it. We got heavy. Both of us got heavy together. And a lot of people had already told me that I should have been modeling. Right. And so I signed with the agency locally here in Little Rock, but they weren't doing what I needed. Right. But. I don't know, like a lot of us in the community, in the black community, we really like what success is, is whatever, like we can help somebody, right? So that's cool. I can help. My only thing that I was saying that was success for me was that I go to college, I get a degree, and I'm able to help my mama, and I got a job, and that's it. Nine to five, whatever it is. But when I defined what success was for me, and what I defined what I wanted for myself, I knew that working and sitting behind a desk all day and supporting somebody else's dream wasn't what I was going to do for me. That's what's up, my sister. So when I met Essie, Essie helped me, like, you know. By the way, both of us are business owners. (laughs) We understand that. Yeah, so so we have, with Essie, she helped me, like, radiate with confidence. Not only, like, yeah, you know you're pretty, but when you walk and you have confidence around you and you don't have to say that, that's a different thing than mm-hmm. just saying that I'm pretty, you know? Mm-hmm. And so regardless of whatever it is that you want to do in life, you have to be able to work for it. And so, like she said, I have a garden. I'm working now. I Just a lot of stuff that I put my hands in. So I'm not just a one-man show, right? I want to do with modeling. Modeling is an income. Acting is an income. I'll be... Holistic nutrition. So basically, like, not when I say holistic nutrition, I mean like eating whole, but like eating whole with feeding yourself with what you're watching, feeding yourself with what you're listening to, feeding yourself with what you're eating, what you're putting in your body, being intentional and feeding, like, because you're a baby. We're still babies and we don't think about that as adults, that we have to feed ourselves the nutrition in order for us to grow properly, spiritually and mentally. Mm-hmm. So, what has been the toughest part? No of being in this business for you personally? Uh, I really is actually like getting up and doing it for yourself. So like, it's not, Essie isn't gonna sit on your butt and say, 
get up and come to this. Get up and do this, and you need to do this. She's gonna say, um, here's what I have. If you want this, you have to do it. And so it's honestly hard when you don't have anybody hounding you to get up and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do for myself and make a daily schedule out like of that for yourself. Runway. Right, like practice runway. I practice runway on the treadmill at the gym. <laughs> that's that's what I do. Like even when I wasn't going People to People be gym, looking at you like, what the what hell is she doing? <laughs> she looks so good at it now. <laughs> yeah, so I think that that would be the the, the hardest thing. But Essie, Essie, if you are going into this with your feelings on your shoulders, I don't feel like that's my girl. Like, because Essie's going to lay it out to you raw, and you would rather have it at home than getting mm -hmm. out and then somebody saying something to you, and you had too much dip on your chip, baby. Like, <laughs> you did. And so, like, if you get it broke down at home and you get it together and you go out here, you got it, and you don't have to worry about that. What is the funnest thing that you've dealt with since being in it's this business? The, the entire development is fun. Um, the photos, the ideas, the, the runway, the wardrobe, all of it to me is pretty fun. So, so I, I'm going to tell you, here's what I like about you. Mm -hmm. You speak well. Thank you. And hey, Really? And Well, because here's the thing, and this is what I, I tell both young black males and females when I'm talking to them. Look, I'm in this business, so obviously I speak well. Mm -hmm. But you have to be able to sell yourself. Right. And when you walk in that door, you could be the, 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 the best piece of meat ever. If you don't speak well. If you open your mouth. You know, it, that, that's going to immediately eliminate you in a lot of positions yeah. so to speak so that's what i admire about you now obviously you're college educated uh, a lot of that came from your education as well mm -hmm. but i'm sure i'm sure look i've i've heard essie speak m multiple times she's i mean she's dynamic as well i'm sure she works with you along those lines as well am i not correct she came to me with with what she needed literally i'm teaching her to talk about the business i want mm -hmm. you to know the terminology when mm -hmm. you walk in the door, you know what a comp card is. You know what your press book is. You know your call time. You can literally have a conversation. You know who people in the business are. So I make them study models because if you don't know who the models are mm -hmm. and you're one of them, you don't really have anything to talk about, right? right. And right. so when I say, look, know who the models are because those people paved the way for you. Mm -hmm. And so I pick up wanting to make sure that they know the business that they're in and can speak in, in the conversations necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm talking to an agent who I can appear on his level, he's going to appreciate that. Mm -hmm. He's going to know that if I send this girl in, she's not going to be a wallflower mm -hmm. and not get booked. Mm -hmm. Now, the one thing about runway is you don't have to talk. You just right. have to look good. Right. But, in the mic, in the mic. Oh, but people really want to know that you are dedicated to the industry. And so it's just like if you work out, if you got a great body, people know that you're regimented and you do what you need to do for mm -hmm. your body and what you want. I want to know that if I send you in, I don't want you to be in front of Donatella Versace and not know who that is. Mm -hmm. I literally had a guy who was approached by Donatella Versace in Dallas and asked about modeling. And he said, oh, whenever I was in Dallas about a month ago, this lady approached me. Turns out it was Donatella Versace. So now wow. I'm going to help educate you in this business. I was like, sweetheart, I don't think I'm going to work with you anymore. I don't mm -hmm. have the patience anymore. Mm -hmm. 
Because one, if she brought you into that store and took you in the back and showed you all of those pictures and glossies and slicks and said we'd be interested in you modeling, you were not supposed to walk out that door without her card. I'm telling or you. Or you were not supposed you were supposed to get me on the phone immediately. Hey, let me let you talk to my agent. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you let Donatella Versace ask you about being a model and you're going to get back to her later. Wow. I'm going to be done. <laughs> let me ask you this. So tell us about some of your success stories, some of your people that you've said. So I, I have a young lady who um, came to me, and, um, 15 years old, Caucasian girl. She said, I woke up this morning and realized I haven't been to school in a month and nobody cares. I'm just Things are just dysfunctional right now in my life. And, and I said, you know what, just come over to my office. And I told her where it was. She says, oh, I think I met you. Are you the black lady that lives in a school? I said, well, I'm still black and I still live in a school. So, yeah, that would be me. Um, so I had my agency and models apartment in, in a place here downtown. Um, I said, how tall do you think you are? She told me about 5'6". I said, no, you're at least 5'8". Let's talk. So I said, let's fast track this. Let's put you in front of agents from all over the world. And I said, it's going to cost you money. She said, I have no money. I said, that's okay. Reach out. You'll get some. There was a lot of people in the community that supported her. So she, she literally got the money from donations. And we went to Dallas. The agents looked at her and um, said, can you leave the country in a week? She was nervous. I said, tell him yes, but ask for 10 days. So we got 10 days, we came back, we contacted the senator's office, we got her passport and visa work, visa expedited. And at 15 years old, she left this country alone to go and become a model. She went to Asia and uh, worked in the market and they loved her. Um, And she thought, I literally just woke up one day and said, I think I can be a model. I have another young lady that came to, a guy that I was at the mall, um, I had an agent here from Boston. We were hanging out at the at Park Plaza Mall, and I said, "Look at that guy," and I, you know, beckoned for the guy to come over. And he, I said, "Are you a model?" He says, "No, but I've always been interested." I talked to him. I said, "Come to my office Monday morning." And the craziest thing is, I talked to him and I told him, "You need to look at this as a career, and you're going to invest in it, but you're going to get all your money back, and you're going to make more." So, same thing with him. You know, can you leave? You go to Milan for the men's collection shows. Um, he actually did a lot of work for Dillard's. He made a ridiculous amount of money modeling for Dillard's here locally, and then that's when I thought it's time for you to move on. Another young lady played basketball in Monticello, and she said, I don't think I want to go to college for basketball and play basketball, and um, I think I want to be a model. And so I had an open call in El Dorado, Arkansas, and um, this young lady came to the workshop, and I thought, oh, look at her. I was weak. She was 5'11", caramel color complexion, full lips, almond-shaped eyes, 33-inch hips. I'm like, she is totally high fashion. And um, she no longer lives in Monticello. She lives in London now. She's Mm. done New York Fashion Week, L.A. Fashion Week, London Fashion Week. She's in magazines all over the world. Um, Her entire life changed. It it was an easy journey from the beginning, but sometimes as talent, we kind of, you know, start letting things get in our way. Mm. 
and we have to get back to understanding that modeling is a job and you want to make money at it. Mm-hmm. But um, so I've had lots of success stories. As far as actors go, I have people that are now on Personal Ventures, Orange is the New Black, The Good Wife, uh, The Hunger Games. There's literally on ABC, NBC, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon. Um, and they all come from Arkansas. And they all started with me, and they were able to fulfill a dream. So, with that being said, how do people get in touch with Essie Ward? So, I am, um, first contact is normally by phone. Um, I will say that what I don't like is for people to send me a Facebook message on Messenger. I don't do Messenger, so uh-huh. I probably never got the That's message. why you never call me back. You <laughs> see? <laughs> but um, you can go to my website. You, um, you did call me back, though. I did. <laughs> he did? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We did. Really? <laughs> <laughs> don't hate, bro. Don't hate. Don't hate. I'm, I'm beginning to be a little offended right you, now. You're yeah. going to be all right, though. That's okay, because we're going to get you on that runway, bro. We're going to make some money off of you. I'll build a runway if y'all need me. <laughs> <laughs> I can build a runway. I'd be now, more than happy So to this do that. is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you some pictures of a male model. And I'm going to show you his story. I showed it to you. I'm going to show you his story. And he was like, I'm too big and goofy looking to be a model. Whoever thought. What? So now he's saying that I'm not professional. Mm. Can you have him escorted off the premises? (laughs) No, I said, I'm too big and goofy. No, no, you said, said, Essie, you're really not professional because I know what I am regardless of what you say. No, I'm not saying that. that. You did say that. I I heard him say that. I cannot believe you said that to our guest, Robert. I mean, you Robert, you see, Robert, you have you have stooped to the I, lowest you know of the I'm, low. I'm walking off this set. I'm oh, as Robert, no. I've been trying to book her for months. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. So in other words, you say regardless of what you said. Uh, no, I'm not going to force anybody to be a model, but you know there isn't. There, the industry has really, really, really uh, so, changed. So, so how do they contact yeah, so you? Changed, so I'm this is what happens. <coughs> My business sale is 501-838-2751. You can text me a picture with your name and age and your size, just the pertinent information, what you're interested in. I'm really big on texting. You can go to my website, www.explosiontalentgroup.com, and you can submit from there. You can email me at explosiontalentevent at gmail.com. Um, and you can actually send me a Facebook. You can actually say on Facebook, I'm interested in modeling, but I'm not going to contact you. I'm going to say, great, and then I'm going to wait for you to contact me. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to do business on Facebook. Right, right. Um, you can contact me. Like now we have a casting. The NAACP is doing two um, PCAs, and we're going to do videos. We're casting for that now. So if you see a casting that I put up often on Facebook and you're interested, then you can contact me from there. But if you say I'm interested, I'm not going to contact you. You're going to say I'm interested. I'm going to notice you, and then I'm going to wait for you to contact me. Because there's too many people that can just post up on Facebook, and then their work is done. And then I have 40 people that I have to contact and find out that they're really not ready. They're just interested. So if, if you want to be in the business, then I... I really feel like I am the person that you're going to come to. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't owe you a career. 
and I work for a living. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, in most cases, if you have potential, then let's, let's have a consultation. There is a $35 fee for that consultation. But if you leave there and say, I don't think I got my, you know, $35 worth of anything, mm-hmm. I'm going to hand you your $35 back and hope to never see you again. But because <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to book a, or mention to you book a, conver- a consultation unless I feel like you got something right. Right. to work with. And right. not only that, but the $35 will show you you're serious about it because that's exactly. not a lot of money. And, and exactly, exactly, because Most I still have to pay. Right, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to make it affordable. But I'm, I'm going to just really do the, the best that I can to help you. And then I'm going to expect one thing called allegiance. If I'm here for you, then you probably better he- be here for me, mm-hmm. or I'm going to let you go. Because we, we don't have solidarity there, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, I'm not going to go to an agent and say she's amazing unless you show me that you're amazing. Mm-hmm. Because I've done that before and then been embarrassed, you know. Right. When the model gets on the canvas and then... I've taught you how to do this. Give me one. Make it two. Make it three. Make it four. Just keep it going. Only move one leg at a time. I mean, I have ways to teach you this business, I mean, quickly. Uh And then you have to go home and work on it. So, yeah, contact me if you're between the ages of, say, 5 and 25 as a model. And I hate to say this, but as a guy, you can be older than 25 and get started. I'm way too old. Way too old. (laughs) Um. Guys You're tend to, to say that they get um, I'm like two times 25. more seasoned in the business. And mm. so, yeah, yeah you so can that little, still that, that salt and pepper look you got right there. I can work. see you in a Brooks Brothers. Will y'all stop? You know, get, get your head shaved, get no. that bald head look. You know, they no. love them some bald head no. black men <laughs> these days. No. You know what I'm saying, Robert? I'm just mm-hmm. saying. I think Dave um, would be a great model. Uh, well, uh, do, uh, well, which reminds me, do you do voice talent as well? So, um I go, don't, babe. but I do work with you mm-hmm. on voice talent. Because as voice talent, one, we have a couple studios here. But to be real honest, they don't pay enough to get an agent involved. Mm-hmm. And so, Really? So I thought, th- I thought that would be just like everything else. But they don't pay it, that much. It they, depends. They, here, locally, they oh, okay, don't locally. pay I got you. much. Mm-hmm. And, and even the ones that were, that were here and have gone out of business that were worldwide – they still didn't pay. But mm-hmm. if I had someone who had the qualities of a voiceover talent, then I said, okay, here's the website. You go there. You can book yourself on this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I did just have a guy contact me this yesterday, and I said, you know, I will add this to your resume, but you'll have to send me a couple of videos, of, of sound, you know, mm-hmm. um, spots. And so – that is something that you can do on your own right. here locally. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, ebooks, if you want to get into that it's and exploding. read someone's book, yeah. they will pay you handsomely. Yeah. But you've got to get your experience in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you leave here and you go into voiceover talent and you're in the real world, then yes, you can make a ridiculous amount of money. You know, if you're voicing cartoon characters and things on that order. An exploding business right now, exactly. as a matter of fact. That's now, more than a living. Because they just, a lot of people just realize that the black characters that were on The Simpsons, Simpsons were actually voiced by white people. And now they have 
hired black actors. That. Yeah. yeah, there yeah. was a huge uproar about that. And and now they are hiring more and more black talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're seeing a lot of the black movie stars move into that business uh, as well as anime becomes more and more prevalent. Exactly. But, but uh, it is a huge business. Obviously, I'm in it. I've done some voiceover work for... Uh, some books. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm I'm in the, uh, the 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 process of that is you basically try out, and what happens is the author decides whether or not they want to use your book. Exactly. I mean, use your, your voice, voice. Right. based right. on that book. Um, so so yeah, it's it, it's it's a burgeoning industry. Uh, whereas that I you know whereas you look for people the way they look. I look for people the, the way, way they, they sound. sound. Right. And okay. when, you're, when you're doing that, you get a good microphone, your setup is good, mm-hmm. and it's clear, and you do that at home. Right. Um, and as well. So, you know, again, it's not something that I normally just represent voice talent for, but I help people understand how you can represent yourself Let's as voice down. talent. 855-525-5683. Uh, I've got people online saying, what a great guest. I knew you would be. <laughs> Thank you. Know, you. I, I, I knew you would be. Uh, Robert kind of like, why are we talking about models? <laughs> no, I love talking about models. I just don't want to talk about me being one. <laughs> but um, so what have we missed? So let's let's we got about uh, nine minutes to go on the show. So I'm a young, eligible male or female for this industry. Or child. Or child. Mm-hmm. I contact Essie Ward. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of walk us through from the baby to the adult as it relates to what happens? So as a child, of course, you're going to be the parent. And I'm going to say the first thing for you to understand is that this is your career as much as it's your child's career. Because your child cannot do anything without you. Right. And then I'm going to tell you how to be a parent of a child in show business. I'm going to tell you to stay in your lane. Don't do my job for me. Mm-hmm. Don't come on the photo shoot taking your own pictures. <laughs> Don't tell the child what That's to do. That's my baby. Oh, baby, me. you look good. And I, oh, not, I got to get this <laughs> shot. Exactly. <laughs> Let me tell the child what. Because they don't need all these, you know, voices coming from everywhere. Right. Let one person be in charge and let that be me. And, and then we get through this because they have to understand that, okay, when it comes to this, this is something that it's you know, to be taken seriously, but it's still fun. Mm-hmm. I had a beautiful little girl, November, and she said, I can't be a model because I'm a happy kid. <laughs> and she had watched videos of the older models with those stern mm-hmm. looks. We mm-hmm. had to let her see a runway video of kids. Mm-hmm. And so if you want your child to be in the business, then contact me. And I do have a brick and mortar office. I'm in the Union Plaza building mm-hmm. downtown. Um, if you are interested in knowing where you fit into the business or getting started the first thing is to just contact me we're going to have a conversation and you know i'm going to invite you over and once we meet i can give you a better idea but before that i'm going to ask you to send me pictures do not send me filtered pictures so the girl that i was booking was really light-skinned Mm-hmm. And in the world we book, we're like, okay, we have a blonde, we have a redhead, and now we need an African-American. We, you know, you want to make it look like, oh, you, there's diversity. Right. Oh, my gosh. The girl shows up, and she's midnight dark. But she put that high yellow picture up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Do not do that. Do not send me that picture. 
So you I want to who you are for real. So you typically tell them, and I'm going by what you told me about the uh, the recommendation I made the other day, is that you say, send me pictures from your... Send me pictures from your phone. Exactly. I want to see who you really are. Mm-hmm. Right? I want to see your personality, mm-hmm. right? Because if you try to you model, you're going to be, look, you're probably going to send me <laughs> something that, that don't work. But if you send me pictures from your phone, I can see who you really are. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I'm going to ask, you know, you're going to know to tell me your age, your height, your weight, you know, even your measurements. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know them, that's okay at the beginning, but we're going to take those measurements and know. But you do at least want to know what your height is. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beginning is just the contact, you know. It's something that I say, if you want I mean, even if you know of someone that, that may need to be in the business, then we do a lot of referrals. Somebody just said, just like in your case, you know, I found this girl. She's amazing. Um, but the first thing is that point of contact. Mm-hmm. And then once you're contacted and once we make some decisions, if you take three weeks or four weeks, I'm going to assume you're not interested. Mm-hmm. If we're going to do it, then let's do it. And let's go ahead and get started. I am so not good at talking a lot on the phone. I just, let's just communicate through text messages and pictures. I've noticed that about you. you I've noticed that about you. I said, uh, when I first started reaching out to you, I said to myself, this sister don't really like to talk. I don't. I mean, that's what made me start texting you. You see, you know. Well, we can get so much done in a text message that didn't require stopping, dialing the phone, waiting for the mm-hmm. answer, a lot of times getting the I just figured you were busy as hell, don't want to be well, bothered right now. the thing is, is that I write, I wrote a football movie, um, and I, I want to get that going. That I'm reminds me. I'm writing a me. novel, Stronger Than My Weakness. Oh, really? I want to get that going. Okay, I so, have a lot of anxiety so, issues. So I have I'm, I'm, I'm a novelist. I've published one book. I'm writing another one. And I've already got a screenplay. So there are a lot of people out here. I found out that here in Little Rock, there are a lot of people who are who have written screenplays. Do you help people with those types of things? So that is something that I don't because I'm doing that for me. Okay. 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 Now, my deal is, is that if I'm going to go into something, I'm going to study first. So I went and got screenwriting for dummies, you know, the idiot's guide to this. And I went and got the literary guide to that. I did a lot of research mm-hmm. before I wrote a football movie. I did well, a lot should, of research, yeah. mm-hmm. you know on it and so same thing with modeling and acting before i tell you anything i'm gonna research it first i'm Mm. a research-based person i'm gonna dot my eyes and cross my t's it doesn't always work in your favor but i'm going to do it in the first place but i'm going to do it because i don't want to give you erroneous information but for me in addition to this i'm back to my roots i wrote a literacy program it's a reading program that was launched through johns hopkins i literally pick up reading after the fourth grade when a lot of times especially is poor children not just african-american but underserved children they pretty much know what direction you're going to go in if you're not a good reader from the fourth grade you mm-hmm. tend to separate from reading yes you do so then what i did is i developed this program over seven years of doing research studies alpha studies beta studies reading and i literally took an enrichment program and made it something with curriculum results so I'm going to help your child reconnect to reading. Mm. It's a remediation. I've actually used it on the college level when I have professors come to me and say, I want you to do this program at my school because it's honestly reading remediation, but we can't say that to college students. Mm-hmm. But they can't read well enough yeah. to be where they need to be. Mm-hmm. So then I come in and I literally set up an acting group 
and we write curriculum material and add it into these scripts and we use you know everything. oh that's interesting if you think about it yeah. acting touches upon every aspect of literacy development yeah and that's certainly some drama queens so then we break here. down the learning barriers and we teach you know from that, that. so there's things that i'm doing for myself um my, my novel is basically um mainstream novel love life relationships sex drama and and all that kind You're of self-publishing but I am not. I want to literally get an agent and literally go that direction with okay. it. Now, I will say this. I self-published, so. Well, when I thought about that, you know, I know what an agent can do for you in the mm -hmm. business, but I also know what self-publishing can do. Mm -hmm. So I may or may not, but Saves I wrote you a lot this of money, novel. And it's a lot more rewarding. I wrote this novel as a black woman. But believe it or not, I stepped outside my reality and wrote it as though I was a white male. Interesting. And the question is why? Why is because more people read books by white males than anyone. Mm -hmm. So now I thought, you know, one of these days I'm going to sit on an interview couch and say, yeah, I had to transform myself and write as though I was a white male. I will let you read the uh, the one page. Uh, okay. And, and see I, what I, you I, think. I'd be interested. <laughs> I'd be interested. And then we'll come yeah. back and talk about that. Yeah, no doubt about it. And <laughs> certainly when you get it published, of course, I know a lot of people in the publishing industry as well. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Rosie Milligan out of Los Angeles, she's, mm -hmm. she was one of the preeminent black publishers in the country for a long time. Uh, still has a bookstore out there, by mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. uh, and I go out to black writers on tour every mm -hmm. year mm -hmm. cool. uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm a novelist. I'm writing, I've got two in the hopper right now. I'm currently writing one, another one. Uh, right now, but again, it's that's something that I like to do, and I like to write as that's well. Cool. So cool, I'm excited uh, about so, that. So. Now that I like talking about, you know, mm -hmm. like you know, kind of think tank sessions. Let's uh, let's well, you know, that would be interesting. Uh, you know, uh, although I thought about writing an autobiography, but I like writing like my novel. It's kind of like what you just said. You wrote, you wrote your novel from a white man's perspective. Mm -hmm. It just so happens that every character in my novel is really a section of who I am. Mm -hmm. Even the woman who is one of the heroines mm -hmm. in the novel, mm -hmm. she is a woman whom I admire to be. You know what I'm saying? And so, so because those people have to be born within you, yeah. they become mm -hmm. a part of who you exactly. are as a, as a writer. Exactly. And so each of the characters that I use, and even when I come up with a name, I remember when I first started in photography, which I am a photographer as well. I'm basically a one-stop shop. Mm -hmm. If you need it, then we can do it. Right. But I remember <laughs> when I first started in business, and I was young, and I was doing photography and, you know, working with models. But for me, the fact that I was able to travel to Europe and study there. I'm also a fashion designer. Mm -hmm. And so anything that I do, I'm going to approach it from an education standpoint. And so I left the United States and went to Europe. And there I discovered the real industry of modeling mm -hmm. and came back and certified as a Miss America preliminary judge. And I started doing the consulting thing. So as a consultant, I'm here to help anybody get started, understand where they fit in and if they should even be doing this. Give that, give, give your contact information real quick. 501-838-2051, 501-838-2751, that's my business cell. My business line, 501-372-6711, my email, explosiontalentgroup.com. 
I'm sorry, my website, explosiontalentgroup.com. I am in the Union Plaza building downtown Little Rock. All right, Miss Essie Ward and Miss Tia, we really appreciate you all joining us today. And we got to get you back. I mean, she's a natural for the radio, isn't she, Robert? She's she is. Yeah, she, she Thank yeah. you so much, darling. Yeah, she, she, she really is. So <laughs> You know well, what? If you can't smile, you need not open your mouth. You well, know, just have something to right. smile about. <laughs> so you're definitely a natural. We'll get you back on for sure. Sounds uh, good. And we are wearing a mask. Okay. We are we've got to get out of here, of course. Our wearing that, a mask. That wraps up the show. Line. Don't forget tomorrow morning, eight to ten AM, the weekly sports magazine. With yours truly, I'll be getting you up to date on what's going on in the world of sports uh, as well. So make sure you check that out. And, of course, we'll be back on Monday from uh, 12 to 2 p.m. as we are every weekday. It's called Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices right here on joinatradio.com. And as we leave every day, we like to leave with a quote. So let's do that. Mr. Webb, you've had plenty of time to... I need time to get a quote. Yeah, wait a minute. You don't have your quote ready? Of course I do. I'm all Come on, man. Ready. Come on, man. History shows that it, it does not matter who is in power. Those who have not learned to do for themselves and have to depend solely on others never obtain any rights or privileges in the end that they did in the beginning. Wow. That was kind of deep, Robert. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. James Baldwin. Amen to that. Y'all have a great day. Spend money on community if you don't. Nobody else will. Uh-oh. Some love, black folk. All right. Y'all have a good day. Bye-bye.